0: Hi, welcome to What's the Word. I'm your host, Jamie McFadden, and I'm so excited to have you here. This podcast is about all things wellness. Each week, we will focus on a word of the day, and I interview some of the most inspirational people I know and share that inspiration with you. Join me. Let's learn together on What's the Word. This is the place where i Hi, welcome to What's the Word? I'm your host, Jamie McFadden, and this podcast is about all things wellness. Each week, we focus on a word of the day and give some tips on how to utilize that word to help change your life for the better. To kick it off today, our word is intimacy, which by definition is a close, familiar, and usually affectionate or loving personal relationship with another person or group. And I am so pumped about my guest today. Our guest is Dr. Ann Langley, a psychotherapist in private practice, specializing in working with couples, sexuality issues, and addictions recovery. She has specialized in working with couples and helping them with their intimacy issues for over 30 years. She also does something called discernment counseling, which is geared for couples on the brink of a divorce to see if their marriage can be saved. You can go to her website www.drannlangley.com for more information. And I have had the privilege of knowing Dr. Ann Langley the majority of my life. Hi, Dr. Langley. How are you? Hello. I'm wonderful. Thank you. (laughs) Well, thank you so much. I am honored to have you here on, on this show. And today... We talk about intimacy. So I'm going to open the floor up to you right now because I am just excited to hear what you have to tell us and share with us today about intimacy. So the word intimacy, what does that mean to you? And how can that be something related to our health and wellness?
1: Well, I think so often um I was just thinking about the couples that I see because I see primarily couples. And it seems like The main complaint when couples come in is that, you know, sometimes there's high conflict or something like that, but so often it is that they feel disconnected. They don't feel close to each other, so they don't feel intimacy or they're struggling with intimacy. Mm -hmm. And um, there's the main criteria for intimacy really is trust. So that's often one of the main issues that couples are struggling with. But when we're intimate with someone, we're sharing sort of the deepest, um, sort of closest to our heart parts of ourselves. You know, early on in a relationship, we're sharing our life experiences and those kinds of things. And it's fun to get to know someone. But the longer that we're together, then there's also parts of ourselves that we don't feel you know, quite so comfortable in sharing that parts that are a little closer to ourselves or maybe parts that uh, we feel ashamed of or bring up fear or anxiety for us. And if we don't have trust, I mean, people just aren't going to share those parts of themselves with each other. So um, over time in a relationship, different things can happen where the trust can get broken. And so a lot of the work that I do is rebuilding the trust. And, and you know, and it can be broken in many different ways, not just like by infidelity or, you know, major things like that that are, are obviously betrayals and, and that break the trust. But, um, you know, by not keeping confidences between each other, like sharing confidences that should be with the couple, with other people, then that's a, a way of breaching trust and people are less likely to share and be open.
0: Right. So... I mean, this is this is so deep and so pivotal for so many of us, because, you know, talking about intimacy, there is a level in my mind that goes to right away vulnerability. And there has to be a level of trust, obviously, to be able to have that vulnerability with someone you love. And so now, what are some maybe tips you can share for someone that's listening um, about either getting in connection with their own Trust or vulnerability, so that like how can how can somebody, you know, just listening to this right now, if somebody's going, wow, that's resonating with me. I'm having issues in my relationship, or maybe someone that's single that's saying, I, I want to be in a relationship, but I have trust issues. Um, do you have any tips that you know you can share with us today? Just a couple simple things that someone could do to work on themselves to be able to allow, you know, the intimacy and the trust.
1: Sure, and I was just thinking about, and just thinking about this before we talked today, um, you know, how do we get close to someone? How do we build that trust and that intimacy? And obviously, by talking and communicating and sharing our life experiences, our dreams and our hopes and all those kinds of things. And um, in the beginning of a relationship, that's easy to do. But generally, you know, with the couples, I see these things can kind of erode over time. Mm-hmm. And sometimes people aren't really spending time together that it's especially where we live in the Silicon Valley time is just such a huge issue. And for couples to really maintain their relationship and to have any time for intimacy. And I'm talking about emotional intimacy because some people use uh, sex and intimacy. They conflate the two or uh, use, them use them interchangeably, but Inti- I'm talking about emotional intimacy and we'll, we can talk about sex too, because obviously that's part of emotional intimacy. Um, but just the kind of emotional closeness and to have a close, I say fulfilling, emotionally fulfilling relationship, it takes time and attention. It's just like, um, I mean, love, love is attention and focus. I mean, would your child feel, um, loved if you didn't pay attention to your child (laughs) so so just finding the time and carving out the time and just making that a priority for couples especially in long-term relationships because they have children they're that's pulling them in many directions they have stressful jobs that's pulling in many directions sports you know all the things that pull couples away from each other so they have to consciously say this is the kind of relationship I want to create and we're going to have date night, you know, we're going to make sure we have sex regularly. And anyway, whatever those things are that um, make intimacy possible, it's not really possible without that. And then of course, knowing each other sexually is, you know, that's that enhances intimacy and feelings of closeness for couples. And then we already talked a little bit about trust that has to be built over time.
0: Right. So now do you think for couples, like especially, you know, this year has been proven to be uh, significantly different than most other years and people are either spending more time together, and I've heard this myself, where some people are saying, oh my gosh, I'm, you know, I, I, my partner's driving me nuts because now we're just stuck in the house together and things are so different. And, or people are saying, oh man, we really do all these things regularly and now we're not because we're both so stressed and pulled in different directions and everything else. So I know that there's a lot more, Tension and stress in many different ways this year. Um, and so, on that subject, you brought up something that I just took a note of where you said, you know, making time, where almost like with a job, we schedule out certain meetings we have or, you know, things that you have to get done, certain priorities. Do you feel the same or similar in relationships where? as much as it might not sound so romantic, but being able to say, okay, every Monday we're making it a date that even if we just sit on our couch and have popcorn and a movie, that's something really significantly important that we can't miss. Because I think that that can happen so often in relationships or you know, any kind of intimacy. It doesn't have to be the sexual, but um, just bonds in general, how you brought up you know, a child. If a child's going, mommy, daddy, here I am. Look at me. And they're not getting the attention. They're probably going to have you know, potential issues in the intimacy of that. What do you think about that? Do you think that it is valuable for people to be scheduling times for these things for their relationship to grow and be intimate?
1: Absolutely. And even now with COVID and I know it's more complicated, but it's, you know, used to stress date night where they would actually go to a restaurant or whatever, but They, so they have to kind of modify date night, but it's just exactly that like Monday night, Wednesday night, Friday night, whatever night it is that we're going to carve out, you know, a couple of hours that's just for us. And we're not going to let the phone and, you know, work and kids or anything else interfere with that and really religiously uh, keep that. And it, you know, for some people like just, um, like you're saying, just cuddling on the couch and watching a movie, um, that's what they're really kind of longing for, just that, and, it, and that's what it takes time to actually create. And if you ritualize it in some way like that, it makes it even more special, and that you can't, you know, this is something we do every, you know, Monday at 8 o'clock or whatever, and we don't let anything come in the way of that. And also, the other way that, um, if, if trust is broken, the three ways that trust is rebuilt is making and keeping agreements. Mm -hmm. Uh, personal transparency, total honesty and personal transparency with what's going on with you. And then also having pleasurable experiences together. Mm -hmm. So for a couple to go away for the weekend and to share that it's a very bonding, it's a pleasurable experience or a date night is a pleasurable experience or a family outing, going for a hike on the weekend with the family, um, you know, and, and getting lunch or something afterwards. That's a, that's a family. It's a bonding, pleasurable experience. All of those, each time a couple, if there's been a betrayal or a broken trust, each time they share those pleasurable experiences together, that also rebuilds the trust over time.
0: So it's like putting that money back into an investment that maybe went down and you can slowly kind of build it up. Over Absolutely. time,
1: <laughs> as a matter of fact, that's how Virginia Satir she talks about. And I don't really like her language because she calls it low pot. I I talk about it like a bank account that you're always building up. You know, those positive experiences are going into that bank account, that kind of savings account. And then when you hit a roadblock or a hurdle, or God forbid, there's a crisis or whatever, you can or a bite, a big fight, you can call on that. You have that resource there. So I it's got, a great. That money. That's a great. She it. was a famous family therapist, and oh, that was really? her, how she talked about it, Jamie. Virginia oh. Satir, S A T I R.
0: Oh, I've got to look.
1: Better. She's like the mother of family therapy, kind oh, of. She I
0: had no idea. She I just look at it as you know, people come to me to ask questions about exercise or nutrition, and. I consistently go back to, you know, one of my great mentors, Jack LaLanne, where he always said, your health account is like the, the greatest bank account you'll ever have, because the more the that you put in, in, right? <laughs> yeah, you could have all the, the actual tangible money and items in the world, but if you don't have your health, quite frankly, you don't right. have anything. And right. so I think that, you know, why I wanted to start this podcast was to explain and help you know myself and others learn more to tap into the holistic picture of our life, that it isn't just, you know, diet and exercise. And it's not just, you know, holding on to this one area of life, but really just learning throughout our lifetime and especially a year like this where we can say, hey, these are things that I can work on for myself. So to wrap this up and Dr. Langley, um what what would you say is if someone, you know, right now that's listening says, you know, I'm I'm not even sure where to begin because i i find sometimes people come to me and say well i don't really think i have a problem or well i don't really know where to start right but at the end of the day it's almost like i tell people you've got to do some self reflection and bring awareness to what you're feeling and why you might not like this or you do like this um and so you brought up i like how you said about having pleasurable experiences because i think sometimes what happens um in regards to intimacy is if somebody gets has a negative experience or a traumatic experience, then it can be really easy to just kind of close that door and just, you know, I'm, not, I'm just not going to go there anymore. So do you have any, any tips for that of someone that as an even an individual wanting to work on themselves or take a look on them in, into themselves internally, like something that they could be thinking about in regards to intimacy and how important would you say intimacy is to our well being? Um, Two-part question, sorry. <laughs>
1: yeah, no, that's fine, because I just happen to have a couple of quotes here. From There's a wonderful book called The Art of Intimacy by uh, James Patrick Malone. Okay. And he actually says we change only in connection, only in intimacy. We only actually make personal changes. Not not the changes that you're helping people with in terms of exercise, but he's talking about change our behavioral patterns or our ability to have intimacy. We can only do that in a reciprocal intimate relationship, right? But then the other part of your question, what can people do? The only way you can really have intimacy is to know yourself, to know who you are, what you value, what your hopes and dreams are, what you like, and to be able to share that with another person, what's important to you, uh, what your life's all about. <laughs> right. And so, you know, so anything you do that enhances self-knowledge and really knowing yourself and loving yourself because you can't really give and receive love, love, really, we all know, without loving ourselves first. So anything that you do in that realm is going to help you in terms of having fulfilling intimate relationships, you know, in the, long, in the long run.
0: I love this. Oh, my goodness. So in summary, to anyone that is listening, Dr. Langley has expressed to us so many important values and keys that we can think about with intimacy. And intimacy does not just mean sex. Right, Dr. Langley? It's a it's a part of it, but it's not. Because I think a lot of the times people hear the word intimacy and it's like, ooh, taboo. It's just sex, <laughs> right? But uh, there's so much more to it. And for anyone that's listening, uh, Dr. Langley, just to kind of recap, had said, we really need to take time to value and know ourselves, who we are, what we love, love ourselves, um, gain awareness and knowledge around what's valuable to us so that we can then share our life and our intimacy with somebody else and others. Um, and trust you said was such a big thing. So, you know, even if trust gets broken, that doesn't necessarily mean that it's completely over forever. If I'm not mistaken, that, that is what you said, that sometimes things can, can, it can be rebuilt. So I think for someone listening that maybe has, has had some trust issues or some, you know, uh, things that have gone on to make them feel like maybe they can't betrayals, Betrayals. right. That maybe they, they are listening right now saying, oh, okay, well maybe it can, be built up again. So Dr. Langley, I want to say thank you so very much for taking time today to help myself and to help anyone listening to think about intimacy and realize how important and how valuable it is to our own well-being. And I am so blessed to know you. I am so thankful to have you in my life. Thank you for all of the things that you have shared with me throughout these years. And uh, thank you to everybody for being on What's the Word. So on that note, we'll see you next week. Bye, Dr. Langley.
1: Bye-bye. Thank you, Jamie.
0: Thank you. Stay well. You too. (laughs) Thank you for joining me here at What's the Word. Follow us on social media with the links on the screen, and don't forget to like and share with your friend. Your support helps us grow and continue to make inspirational content. See you next time on What's the Word.